Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, folks. Uh, before we start this episode, um, I had some th- second thoughts when I finished it because I responded to some uh, fan letters, as I often do, and I got a little carried away. Um, and that sometimes happens. I-, I was upset at the sense of entitlement that some of these people showed because it's a real pet peeve of mine. But in the end, they're uh, fans and they're listeners of the show. And I know that it was coming from a decent, uh, good place. So, I mean, if your flaw is entitlement, my flaw is having a temper and getting carried away and being too passionate. And it's a mix when I'm on here of subconsciously, you know, I don't want to say putting on a show, but uh, subconsciously, I know I'm entertaining people. So when I go on a rant, I tend to go with it. And sometimes I go a little too far. So just fair warning before we start that uh, there's two messages in particular that I went a little overboard. The point being, I guess, I wanted to point out that I think the messages are absurd, but they're more funny than anything. And I uh, I kind of went a little far with it. Um, to the people that I commented about, maybe think about the messages. I find them, I don't want to use the word stupid, but just think before you do, because, uh, yeah, I find them absurd, but they're funny more than anything. I appreciate you guys listening and have an interest. And I consider myself the luckiest podcast host on the planet. I mean that and, uh, actor and all that stuff, because it only landed in my lap because of the positive vibes from people like yourselves out there listeners. So I just wanted to say that before it starts, I was going to take it out. It's easy. I can just press edit, press edit. (laughs) Basically, yes, I can just edit it out. And uh, I didn't. I left it in there because, hey, me too. It comes from a spot that, though, I think realistic and logical, I know I go too far. So I didn't take it out. I figured it's entertaining, I suppose. I leave it in there. But uh, thanks for listening. And I went too far. My flaw of temperament and impulsive irrationality is equal to your flaw of entitlement. And we meet in the middle. That's hockey. Okay. Enjoy this episode. Episode 111A. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. 
Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Episode 111A. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Good to be with y'all. And thank you to the under-19 selects ball hockey team here in Newfoundland for picking me up for the uh, provincials last weekend, this past weekend. Uh, Yes, the under-19 team were entered in the men's side. So myself, uh, Ryan Delaney, Patty Farrell, a few of us veteran guys uh, played with them to give them a bit of direction and Help them along. For me, I've played in this, the provincials, you know, for probably 30 years. My first one, I was 14. So I just wanted to get a good run in and then in prep for the uh, Chicklets Cup, which is coming up. And uh, you just got to be running. I'm skating five, six times a week, skate pretty much every day. And on my mountain bike, so I'm in shape, but uh, actually in the 180s, I haven't been down there in a long time. I've been training pretty hard on and off the floor and the ice. But uh, so anyway, this tournament was coming and uh, the under 19s asked me to play. And I played on a line with Ryan June Delaney. My good friend, we won the nationals with uh, together 2010. Anyway, we could go to get into it, but we kind of underdog, underdogged our way to the final. Guys worked real, real hard. Uh, we had an awesome goalie. Really did. Way to go, Ashton, on that one. And um, it was a lot of fun. We uh, upset Labrador. They got a great team, play together a lot, in great shape. But we got there and uh, get some bounces, got some great goaltending and some solid play from everybody and uh, lost in the final. But I've, I've often said you, sometimes I do feel like I lose the gold. It's like, oh, man, we let it slip away. But in this case, I felt like we won the silver because the guys needed a lot of them, it was their first ball hockey tournament. Um, those who know, uh, being a good ice hockey player doesn't necessarily translate. You got to work hard. You got to work a lot harder. There's no gliding. The ball moves differently and the touches are different. The zones are different. So it's, uh, it's a good head start if you're decent at hockey, right? If you're good at hockey. But uh, it's not the name of the game. So those guys really stepped up. Thanks a lot, gents. I had a fantastic time. And... Uh, Good luck at, at your own nationals. I believe they're in Winnipeg at the end of the month. So there you go. Uh, other than that, had an awesome had an awesome time. Uh, relatively sober weekend, which is rare for me in the summer. Usually, I take one day and go mad. At least one. Sandman was here last weekend. We went. 
back to back to back jacks. But um, I can take it either way. I like waking up with no hangover. When I do, I get up real early, 536, go for a bike ride, take my uh, coffee, go sit by the river, and come back. I'm, as I'm recording this now, the, uh, it's about 7.30 a.m. Get the day going. I enjoy that. And uh, we've had an unreal summer for Newfoundland. It's, it's usually not sunny every single day. In fact, I remember years where it was foggy for months straight, but we've had uh, fantastic weather so far. So the NHL draft came and went. And uh, so I'll answer a few of your questions today. So somebody, and I forget, I had these written down or uh, stored in my phone. And somebody asked me what I thought of Shane Wright going for. And I, I said I'd mention it, but I was at green sleeves, three sheets to the wind when I promised. So apologies. We had a long conversation and uh, I forget your name, but uh, I know you're from Gander. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being engaged. It was an awesome time at Greensleeves. Now I'll get to your question. Um, oh, first of all, I'm not overly familiar with the players who went second and third. For whatever reason this year, I kind of tuned out. I did uh, Slavkovsky and um, Shane Wright. I paid attention to. I glanced at the rest just to see how many Western leaguers and how many Canadian players where they'd fall. I wanted to see Ryan Green from Newfoundland. Ryan went to Chicago in the second round. Congrats to him. That's a great streak for Newfoundland. That's four, three years in a row. We had a first rounder. And now, now we've got a second round. We had Alex Newhook, Dawson Mercer. We had Zach Dean. And this year, Ryan Green. Uh, for as far as our highest picks, we've, uh, you know, that, that was three first rounders and a second Alex, Alex's dream just came to fruition of not only making the NHL, but winning a Stanley cup. So it's a quick turnaround these days. I remember coming out after the draft and hoping by the time I was 20 or 21 to make it, you know, it was a, a lot of development and I knew I really needed to work on my skating, but I got the games in at 19. That was surprising at the time. But now I think it's kind of, if you go top 10, I think it's kind of expected that you might be able to jump in right away. Mm. And uh, in a lot of cases, make an impact, which is happening. So which brings us to Slavskoski. Uh Yeah, he looks, he, I'm not going to say like a great player. I, who knows? He's the MVP of the world championships. Was he at the Olympics? There was a lot of players not there. Doesn't mean he's not good. I, I think he's, well, he's good. He fucking went first overall. Who am I? <laughs> but, and he looks like he's just tearing up the gym at, at the uh, Canadians rookie camp. But I would have taken right, okay, without, without dissecting all the analytics of every fucking player. I'm picking first if I'm Montreal. So for me, as especially very busy at this time of year, I didn't go down and pull a Bob McKenzie and, and look at every single player. I wanted to know where Ryan Green went. Certain teams like Chicago who are disintegrating in front of our faces. I wanted to see what they did. Um, the Canadian teams, obviously. But we're not getting to that all right now. We're getting to the Montreal Canadiens' first pick and what did I think of it. Okay, so 
I'd have taken Shane Wright. And the reason I'd have done that, Shane Wright has been, like I have to explain myself, arguing for taking this guy, but four or five years, he's been in the spotlight. Okay, he's not generational, they say, like Connor McDavid. I think we can all agree on that, but he's a worthy first rounder. I think he's a worthy first overall. But so those kind of players, they have pressure on them from a young age. And I kind of identify here in Newfoundland, like where the magnifying glasses are on you. I mean, well, I'm only saying that not, I'm honestly not trying to brag or boast when I do these shows. Okay. But I'm trying to give you a bit of reality and, and relativity from my eyes. Right. And I can relate. I left to go to the Western league. I had to pull this big move at 14. All the spotlight was on me. I went third overall in the Western league draft. And honestly, um, it's a long story I won't get into, but I nearly went first. It was a last minute trade with Red Deer uh, because I just I, I went out there to go to Tri-Cities. They traded up to get three. Anyway, there was always a spotlight from early on. So I felt a lot of pressure. I felt, And I mean, I felt like I was going to let a province down if it didn't work out. You know, I mean, it was big news at the time. So though not on a level of first overall in the NHL, I do know it from a first rounder's perspective and one that was highly touted from a young age. Okay. And it's hard. It's hard when all the eyes are on you and all the cameras are on you when you're 13, 14, 15 to live up to your expectation. If you go two, three months with maybe slumping or whatever it might be, some of it's off the ice. They noticed all of it. Um, it, it can be, you know, it's, it's a direct, you, 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 there's a direct result, right? The, the choice and consequences and slumps and streaks and all that go into the rating. So if you're slumping, you look at your rating and it's, and it, and it slumps. So I know what that feels like as a 16 year old now in the WHL. Think about this. I went, again, I went third overall in the WHL draft nearly first, nearly second, things got worked out. I went third. Um, so my, right. So I played a few games at 15, right. Cause I was in BC. I practiced with Tri-City a lot when I was 15, they'd fly me down. That's part of the reason they wanted me out West so they could monitor, you know, the drafts when you're 14, it's also why I wanted to do it in the Quebec league and in the OHL. It's a year later, at least in the Q some guys getting drafted or, or 16 already. Um, but in the dub, it's when you're 14, right? So they tri city flew me out and then they drafted me in January. Uh, I was a 14 year old. And then for two years they could work with me. That's part of the thing, which I, I enjoyed. But as a 16-year-old now, after my two years in Quinnell, now in my Quinnell Millionaires Junior A team, my both Bantam years, that's where I played, Junior, my Bantam years, and I lead the team in scoring both years. Okay, so there's a ton of expectation. So I go to the Western League. I'm a 16-year-old. I'm a third-line centerman. We didn't make the – oh, no, we did, actually. We made the playoffs on the last game of the year. Jesus. And – uh, you know, I had a decent year. I had, uh, what did I have? Jesus, I got to remember that. 33 points, 31 points, 33. Here it is. So 33 points. I had 16 goals, 17 assists, and 176 penalty minutes at 20-odd fights as a 16-year-old. And I, 
I thought those were pretty solid numbers as, again, an underage in major junior. But the draft, you know, uh, and they were, I guess. I was rated, I think, when I came back in the, as a 17-year-old, second or third round. But they clearly didn't impress the scouts, right? So that's the pressure that's on you. I was on a bad team, 33 points in 61 games, right? I tore my knee, ligaments in my knee. And I didn't tell anybody that, so that didn't go into the stock uh, decreasing or anything. Um, but I played, yeah, I played 11 less games. So 61 games, 33 points, 176 minutes, 20-odd dust-ups. So, again, I thought those were solid numbers, but they didn't live up to the expectation of going third overall in the league. So the next year, I, I turned it on. I, I, going into the year, what were my expectations? I wanted to get a point a game. I ended up with 110 points, eighth overall, 270 penalty minutes, 207 penalty minutes, and uh, Lanks did the same. Had a great year, went fifth overall. I go eighth, and Bob's your uncle. But what I'm getting at here, I made that totally personal, is that Shane Wright has done it all that time. Now, Slavkovsky, I mean, these Europeans, there's a couple things. You see them in these tournaments. But I guess scouts know better than I do. But I look and, you know, they play in the men's league and in the, in the pro leagues and they get like five goals in like 80 games and they still go second overall. So clearly the scouts know something that I don't and they watch them in practice. And, you know, they're playing with men, I guess, at a young age. But I just find a lot is undetermined about Europeans when they come over. I, I'm going to sound so old school. I'm going to sound like Don Cherry when I say this. But I'm still not convinced that everyone you draft is going to be as passionate as Alex Ovechkin. A lot of them are still like Ilya Kovalchuk, right? Uh, so all I know is that Shane Wright, all that time, we know about him. We know he's two-way. We know he can do it at both ends of the ice. We know he can score. I mean, he had 90-odd points in 60-something games. It's still a prolific scorer, right? He's not maybe Connor Bedard, Bedard next year, but he's fucking damn good. Now, you might say the same for Slavkovsky, and you might be right. I'm not saying that the Habs are totally fucking crazy for doing what they did. But you're asking me, and I'd have taken Shane Wright. I would have. And I think there's a vibe when you take a Canadian player and you're a Canadian team. Uh, again, this is going to sound old school. This is going to sound, what the fuck are you, born in 1920? No, but I think the Habs go out of their way to pick people that aren't Canadian. If you look at it, unless it's French. Now, maybe that's because they had egg on their face. They had a history of bad fucking English picks, and I'm included in that history. I don't know. Um, but go back and look, man, the last few years, beyond a few years. They don't seem to take many Canadians. And I thought this time with a first overall pick and a guy that you flew in that's had the, it seems to have the, you know, his finger on the pulse. He's, he's part of the general, well, he was rated first overall. So in the hockey world, it seemed to me the move, the safe move, you know, that won't get you fired, that's going to fire up this fan base, I think would have been taken Shane Wright. 
Now that's what I know sitting in my house, listening to podcasts, never having seen Slavkovsky play live uh, and never having seen Shane Wright play live. So what the fuck do I know? But I'm just saying, I think many experts agree with me. I'm trying to make an educated guess as I do on many things. And I'd have taken Shane Wright, number one, no doubt. I would have taken him up number one at the beginning of the year, at Christmas, three months ago, and at the end of the year. I just think he's the most proven under the most pressure. The circumstances to me pointed to Shane Wright. Now, we'll see what's going to happen. And uh, you know what? The last thing I'll say on that, remember when Tavares, John Tavares, a long time ago now, I suppose, late 2000s, when he went first overall. And Victor Hedman went second. Now, I think all this many years later, I think you'd take Hedman, right? I mean, he's a superstar. He's one of the big reasons that Tampa wins the Stanley Cup. And uh, even this year, another successful year, made the final. But everybody knew that Tavares was going to be a good two-way player. He wasn't quite Crosby a few years before, but he was given that special status in the O. His numbers were... Real good, a little bit better than Wrights, but but still, you, you knew he wasn't going to be Crosby, and you knew Hedman was like, man, is this guy going to go? Now, had the Islanders taken Hedman instead of Tavares, I don't think anybody now would have, especially even then. I Actually, back then, yeah, I think it would have been the same sort of thing. What the fuck are you doing? Right, but they knew that Tavares was at the very least a really, re, he was going to be a real good pro. You could tell that, and the desire as well. You see that death stare from fucking right. If it was that, that just shows me a lot of desire. I can't imagine doing that at that age, though. The game was totally flipped on edge. I was like, speak when spoken to, and shut the fuck up when I go to camp. <laughs> now you're staring down GMs with the fucking fuck you. But anyway, it's, it's it's a different world. I don't knock anybody for the. That would be old school thinking. To go, all oh, these players—they're so cocky. Although, again, this Isaac—what's uh, his name? What's the guy's name? Isaac Hayes. Good God! Like, what not to say? He gets drafted, and he's doing his interview at the draft. I'm sure you've all seen it. He says, "I'm the best-looking guy here," so I—I ha- I figured I had to be the best-dressed one too. I know it's a joke, it's a different world, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking I go to camp and I take a knuckle sandwich as soon as the puck is dropped from eight Montreal Canadiens in that era. Donald Brashear would have been the first one and the toughest, but I don't think I would have made it out of the dressing room with Darcy Tucker sitting in it and Shane Corson. I think I would have walked in and I would have got grabbed before I went on the ice. Listen, rookie, shut the fuck up. Speak when spoken to. Pick up the puck. Sit at the back of the bus. And eyes front, you fucking nobody. Now, it's a different world. But still, you can go a little too far. And I think Isaac Howard is uh, at some point going to have to pay the piper for that comment and if that's his attitude then 
he'll have to be taught a lesson more than once. And I got to be totally honest with you. I swear to you, man, when I'm out there on the ice, I work hard. I finish my checks or I did. I mean, fuck back in the day talking when I would go to camp and, uh, you know, but I'm the kind of guy that, you know, I would often sometimes go, Hey, like, I don't know, say it was Brad Brown, Brownie. I'm coming. I'm like finish the hit hard, but I didn't go out there. I didn't want to hurt anybody. I I didn't make many open ice hits. If it's a playoffs and stuff's different, you're out there and you're means to an end. But even when I fought, I didn't have that instinct to like want to one punch someone and hurt them. I want like, but sometimes I'd get mad and it's the weirdest things that would make me mad. But that right there would make me mad. Like if I, if a guy got drafted after me, younger than me, even by a year and I saw that shit, I swear to fuck the first practice. I think if you played with me, you know, I'd do it. First practice, you wouldn't make it out of horseshoe. I wouldn't give a fuck. Going to get away with that shit. Now you can harness that energy the right way. If you take that fucking cockiness and you pull it in and you fucking push it out in a positive way, I don't know. Think Cole Caulfield, right? There's, there's think Trevor Zegras. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, being confident doesn't help and, and, and pay off, but I think Steven Stamkos hearing that and seeing that, I think he's he, he probably laughed, but he's pissed off as a captain. That's what I think. I think there is still some level of accountability when it comes to these cocky, you know, self-indulgent, self-me, me, me comments. And uh, and that's why in hockey, you, you still... I love in episode six of Shorzy, there's a, there's a little blurb in the uh, net. There's played by Tassia Tales. And she's the GM of the team. And she's uh, talking about it. And she said, you know, in hockey, it's always when we lose, it's always I, I, I. I could have done this better. I could have done this better. When we win, it's always, you know, we did this as a team. I'd like to thank the guys. And, and I'm glad we have that in hockey because other sports are quickly losing it. And some sports have completely lost it. Um. And I mean, I love watching basketball, but it's, I mean, every second leader in basketball, it seems, have this, well, Kyrie Irving being the worst attitude, I think, in, in the planet when it comes to teammates and playing as a team. And, and um, you know, you might pull the wool over some people's eyes. I think I, I, think I see it pretty clearly. Uh, guys like Ben Simmons, um, you know, it's just, and there are Steph Curry is a champ and he's one of the most selfless players and uh, well-spoken. I'm, I'm not saying it speaks for the whole sport, but it's seeping in there. The odd football player now is, is interviewed and it's me, me, me. And uh, not so much in baseball, do you? You don't see it as much in baseball. Um, and I think there's something to that. I think as a player, because you can go in a slump, you know, and, uh, I don't know. There's something about, you know how people say the ghosts of the forum? I don't really, that was the Montreal forum back in the day. I'm dating myself there, but things would happen and you'd say it's the ghosts of the forum, you know, or the ghosts of the Montreal Canadians. I think just generally the ghosts of just general leadership in sports, like it's just a karma thing. If you keep saying that shit, at some point it's going to come back and someone is going to hurt you or, or you'll, 
I don't know, an injured, you'll, 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 you'll have an injury, go into a slump. I don't know. I just find it negative vibes now. I have completely gone off in a direction again. But while some of it I think was half informative, it wasn't on topic. So let's get to another question, okay? Here we go. Terry, I'm from Fredericton and now live in Edmonton. So I'd like to hear what you think the Mighty Oilers should do about their goaltending. I'd like to see Jack Campbell and Jake Allen. Allen just because he's from Fredericton and Campbell because ex-Leafs do great in the playoffs after they have left Toronto. Never thought about that before, but you might be right. Also, if I was the producer of Hockey Night Canada, I would hire you ASAP. <laughs> You'd be great on there, and I'd love to see you talk to Ron McLean from Andrew in Fredericton. Well, thanks for the compliment, my man. And um, first of all, I'll say this. I've been thinking about it. And before we dive into your question, how many elite goalies are we talking are out there? Because I used to, I don't know, like I used to think maybe there was 20, like most teams, their starter was, I would consider above average. I don't know why I, I have no year specifically to link this to, but I've always in my head thought maybe there was more great goalies out there than there are. Cause right now, how many would you, you know, Vasilevsky, and Now after that, there are many, many pretty good goalies. I mean, you could argue great Carey Price still in that category. Maybe. I guess he's going to play, isn't he? Possibly. Or who knows? He's a wild card. But, you know, Price. So that without naming everyone, there's probably seven or eight, right? So if you don't get one of those seven or eight, can you win? Well, think about outside Vasilevsky. What did we have? Pittsburgh won it. What did they have? Uh, Matt Murray. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, that's going to be part of the end of this because the Leafs just signed him. So. I'm thinking that he's average, right? Jordan Bennington, who that year when, when St. Louis won it in, like he didn't start the year in the NHL. He was in the minors till after Christmas, I believe. And I believe the year before was bouncing around the A. Darcy Kemper won it this year. Yeah. I mean, and he let in some fucking soft goals, but he gave them average goaltending. I'm not saying that you go out and seek an average goalie, but what I'm saying is that I think average goaltending can win it. I, 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 until this year's playoffs, I hadn't really thought about it. And, you know, Vasilevsky has won and been so unbelievable the last three years. But just think about it before that. And this year, you know, like average goaltending won the Stanley Cup this year. So... What do you do if you're Edmonton specifically? I, 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 I hate saying this, man, because he's an old dog. He's a warrior, but I don't think Mike Smith can do it. He's only older. Every, every minute that goes by, this guy's getting older, and he looks like a water buffalo on ice with no skates at times. You know, do, do I need to point this out? I hate doing it. I went to camp in Dallas. You know, he was there. He was him and Chara, the only two left that I played with or against. 
And I, 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 I absolutely applaud him and compliment him and respect him for so many different reasons. But I think he's bottom tier now for a starter. I think he'd be interesting as a backup, and I mean a backup like 10, 15 games. Yeah, you know, but what do you do? Specifically, I'm not sure. But right now that Jack Campbell is on the market, uh, I, I probably would. What's he going to cost you? Five million? Depends what he costs. But let's say if you're the Leafs, I don't know. They just went after Murray. I know he played in Sioux. The Sioux Greyhounds. Kyle Dubas is familiar, so you got to give him that. Again, what do I know? But in my what what I what I think I know is that Matt Murray has been a problem the last couple of years. Either he's injured, or he said some things that seem to be expressing somewhat of a negative attitude towards the situation. Now, was that Ottawa? Could be. Ottawa have been a mess. I know that the last year in particular was more positive than negative, and. Is it Eugene Melnick? Is that his name? Rest in peace. But it was chaos there for a while. And I don't know if we're, we're not clearly out of the chaos. I love Ottawa as a city. It's one of those cities that if I was a player, I would leap to because I think a lot of players want to go down to the Sun Belt or want to go to a team that's perennially a champion. And I would as well. I like those places. Of course, who the hell wouldn't want to play in Tampa? Who the hell wouldn't want to play in L.A.? These are obvious choices, but thinking outside the box, if I'm a player and I want to make, you know, these places that players don't necessarily want to jump to, right? Like, I don't know, basketball, Toronto Raptors are in the same position, right? Kevin Durant's up now. Are they going to get him? I don't know. First of all, I would never give away uh, Scotty Burns. But uh, anyway, that's I'm, I'm going off again. The point is, Toronto has it in basketball. Not a lot of players, not a lot of the free agents want to go there. That's why it was such a big deal when they signed Kawhi Leonard and they won. Hockey, teams like Ottawa, you know, teams like Edmonton, teams like Winnipeg, call it North, call it not California, or don't have a recent history of winning. Whatever it might be, I don't really know. I'm from Canada and like those places and wouldn't consider it a big deal going there. But I could see how if you were from Phoenix, say, and you were Austin Matthews, and you became a free agent, how you wouldn't pick Winnipeg, you'd pick Phoenix, right? I, I, can, I can see that. I can see why Johnny Goudreau wants to go to New York Islanders in New Jersey, where he's from, right? Where he cultivated his skills, where his friends and family are. I don't knock him for that. He played in Calgary and largely put in a great fucking effort there for multiple years, put on a show, throw the guy a fucking bone. I used to think, you know, where's the loyalty? But it's one thing to hold out for extra money and be greedy. And and uh, even even that, those cards are, are falling from up for me. I mean, if people do it, they take care of themselves. It's a small window. I've talked to many people about this. And as far as going for the money, hey, if you can get it, most of the time, I think, uh, go for it. And if you play long enough, and you become like Spetzer or Thornton, you see most guys take less anyway because they've made a career out of it. But at the beginning, you don't know, man. I'm 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 perfect example. You don't know what's going to happen. Bank what you can. But again, a lot of people don't want to go to these places. I would love to go to Ottawa. Like it's a great place to raise a family. They've got nice weather. 
look at the map. Like Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, like these places aren't too, too north. Although me personally, I mean, I love Edmonton. I spent a lot of time there. Growing up, I spent a lot of time there. I used to train there in the summer. But I'm just saying Ottawa in particular, I think would be a decent landing point. They're going in the right direction. They got a young, vibrant, positive core. They seem to. And the city to me is so relaxing and it's easy on the mind. It's easy on the mind. Love Toronto. Toronto, Montreal for different reasons. Montreal and Toronto, I fucking love, man. And let's just say my experience was Montreal. So let's take Toronto. It must be great to play at the Toronto Maple Leafs. It must be. But there's a hustle and bustle involved. You're downtown TO. You feel like, wow, you feel like you're just it's such an energy, which I love. And I think had I gone there as a player, that would be a lot of fun. But I'm just saying there's something to be said for a little bit more laid back. I would want a new rink. If I found out that the, the, the new arena in, in Ottawa was going downtown, sign me up. Sign me up if I'm a young player, I'm saying. Um, but anyway, do I ever go off? Matt Murray, I don't know what his experience was there, but it certainly didn't seem like a good one. Now, the king of analytics, Kyle Dubas. Um, he gets Matt Murray after all this. Does he know something we don't? Because he's going to pay him close to five. Campbell was asking for, I think, a little bit over five, so it's really not that much more. Campbell had a bad streak, but he wasn't he an NHL All-Star? I fucking, am I dreaming that? So I just think for the Leafs, and, and, you know, there's not many options, so go out and get somebody now. Cam Talbot, whatever, fucking Jack Campbell, Jake Allen. I, I, Alan might be harder to get than you think, though, if you're Edmonton. Um, but, yeah, I would go get an average goalie. That's what I would do. Uh, now, if for you're the Oilers, I just don't think that's the only thing you do. I mean, I watch the whole playoffs every minute from the Oilers' perspective. And the obvious is that they score a lot of goals and that they made an impact and they made improvements this year, but same questions, man. Same questions. Are they deep enough? Is the defense mobile enough? Are they good enough? And lastly, all these teams that I mentioned with an average goalie have like a Norris trophy defenseman, whether it's Peter Angelo, whether it's McCarr. I mean, come on. Um, Latang. You go back to as far as Chicago, Duncan Keith, uh, Seabrook, you know, I, I can go on and on. I don't know if the Leafs and the Oilers have that. I know Darnell Nurse, I think, might have been up for the Norris a couple years ago, but love the passion he plays with, but he's not McCarr, not even close. Um, and uh, who, you, who would you have in the Leafs? I guess Morgan Riley. I think he does a lot, but I don't think he's Norris trophy guy. Not a fucking knock on him, but just saying, right? One comment can't be made without paying attention to the other being my, my opening claim of you can have an average goalie. Like I said, I believe that, but I, I also think you have to have a scintillating defense. So 
I didn't tell you much you don't know, Andrew, but uh, I would. You, you, you say Jack Campbell, for example, because I could go through every goalie in the league if I think about it and I look down at the computer. But let's just say, for example, yes, if I'm the Edmonton Oilers, 100%, 100%, I go. If, if the price is $5 million for Campbell, I get him. I think, uh, I don't even know about Smith's contract, but I'd probably buy it out maybe. Um, it's one thing. I don't do my homework enough on the contracts and term and all that. But if it's just, if we're talking apples and oranges, I'm taking Jack Campbell for sure, or a goalie of the sort if I'm Toronto or the Oilers. Have Toronto made their move? Is this their move? Is Murray their number one? Again, Kyle Dubas had him in junior. So maybe they're... And before you, before you laugh, Leafs fans, there might be something to that. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Do I think it's a good move? No, I don't. I hope for Matt Murray's confidence and career. I mean, he seems like an okay guy. He's a champ. Won a couple of cups, right? So, yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't have, again, done it, but what do I know? But as, as people snap out there, there's not too many fucking great goalies available. Right? So, anyway, I hope that helps answer your question. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. As a Canadian, I know I'll always be throwing money down on the Blue Jays. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So now we're going to get on. I've, I've got to read this out. I've got to read it out. These fucking people. So... I'm going to start saving my messages. So I, I lost my phone or I had it stolen in Nashville a few months ago. Unfortunately, all my messages, my, most of my phone numbers, pictures, all that, um, I didn't have most of it saved. Okay. Yes, I'm an idiot. We, we, I've established that. And I didn't have a lock on my phone. It was just total idiocy. But now that I do, I'm saving up some messages. So I'm dead serious. Oh, here's, here's one. Here's one I love. This is from Jay's Land. I got to say it. Jay's Land 8062. Fuck it. Why am I hiding your name on Instagram? Man, I was so looking forward to this series, to this series being Shorzy, until I heard a clip with you doing a stupid Nufi accent. You need to fuck off once and for all. You're not even a has-been. So I get back to these people. Sorry you don't think so. It's not for everyone, I guess. The thing is, as an actor, I'm still learning, and this was a huge opportunity. So I just trust the process especially when working with such great writers and people. So I did what was asked of me. You should relax, though, man. It's only a TV show. Good luck. Then he says, go fuck yourself. So thanks, Jay's Land. Appreciate that. 
But that's not the message I wanted to read. This is what people honestly expect. Okay, this is what people expect. One sec, sorry, sorry, sorry. So this guy, I'm not going to say his name. I mean, I had to look because sometimes it's Facebook, right, or, or social media, and you'll look and someone sends you a message and you're like, man, what's this fucking idiot? Like, what the fuck's he doing? Or she. And then you get back to him and you realize, I mean, I don't know how to say it. They took the short bus to school. And you're like, oh, fuck, man. So you get back and you're like, hey, do you want a hockey card or some shit? Right? Someone's not in their right mind. They sit back there and probably all they got, right? Their social media and send me a message. You know, life's hard on a lot of people. I get it. And then that's why I entertain answering the fucking messages, to be honest with you. Because they're getting nuts. But here's one, Michael. Now, Michael's at me. I had to look. I looked. And this guy's got a job. I won't say what it is. I don't want to give it away because there's only so many Michaels on my Facebook. But He's got a, a job again, like this guy goes into work and sees people, has conversations and goes home for years on end. And he has a, so this is what he expects. Terry, I get into St. John's at 1105 your time next Friday. Do you want to meet me at the airport and sign my hockey cards? Just wear your jersey so I can find out so I can find you outside if you're down for that. Now, again. Lots to unpack. Not like a hate message like the last one, but just absorb this. Now, at no point did I say I was going to do this. He sent me a message. I've got some cards. Will you sign them? Sure. That's what I said. Sure. And of course, if he's in, if he sends me a message and he's in St. John's, I do that for people. I'll say, hey, drop by the house. Here's the address. I'll say, hey, uh, you know, I trust people. I don't want to live in a fucking world of fear. I, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. Hey, I'll meet you downtown. Hey, you know what? You're going to be in town. I'm going to be at TJ's or Greensleeves Pub at this time. Why don't I meet you? Here you go. Boom. I'll sign it. Go on. I have no problem. Wouldn't be anywhere without the listeners and fans and all that shit right from day one. Everything I've done relies on other people to support it. I get it. But for you to fucking think that I'm going to 11.05 on a fucking Friday night, not only meet you, drive to the airport outside of St. John's. I live in Mount Pearl on the other side. It's a half hour drive to the airport. So I'm going to drive a fucking half hour on a Friday night. Nonetheless, at 11.05. To meet you and your hockey cards worth five cents each, I'll add. Now. Not only that, and not asking, just wear your jersey so I can find you outside if you're fucking down for that. Minus the fucking, I added that because I'm pissed off. Like, I know you listen to this, bud. And I don't want to be a prick. But do you realize that expectation? Do you understand? Not only for me, for anybody else that you deal with the rest of your fucking life. That if you act this entitled, I don't know how old you are. You, you don't look much younger than me. I don't know how you got here. 
Now, I don't know. You're from Newfoundland coming home, I, I assume. Judging by your statement and your pictures. Now, that's the equivalent of me calling Alan Doyle, formerly of Great Big C, now doing Telltale Heart and PEI, great show I heard. Not even really, because Alan's a friend of mine, but let's just say I didn't know. I'm calling Alan and going, hey, by the way, I have two old Great Big C's fucking CDs from the 90s. Now, I get in at 11.05 Friday. Will you drive to the fucking airport and sign them for me? And if you don't mind, wear your outfit, uh, wear, wear your costume from Robin Hood when you were in that movie. So I'll know I'll be able to see you. Bring a fucking coffee and a fucking donut while you're at it, Alan. And make it snappy. I don't have all night. Michael, I don't know how you got to this point in your life with this sense of entitlement and talking to people like that. I mean it. I'm rather someone, I, honestly, I look down at messages and I hate negativity. Most of the messages I get are questions or, or comments about the show or, or Shorzy. And I really appreciate it. And a lot of people do. They're at a disadvantage mentally or physically. And they're at home all day and they're on their computer. And by me getting back to them, it brightens their day just a little tiny bit. And that's why. But for every one of these Michaels, you're ruining it for everybody else. Because I'm, I'm going to start just fucking not answering social media. And it's getting to that goddamn point. I appreciate people listening and everything else, but come on, Michael. I'm going to read it one more time before I move on. Terry, I get into St. John's at 11.05, your time next Friday. Do you want to meet me at airport and sign the cards? Just wear your jersey so I can find you outside if you're down for that. Again, from a sane individual who must have passed high school, at least have the job that he got. And that's the expectation. On a Friday fucking night. And the just wear your jersey, that's the part that gets me. Just wear your jersey. What? What? Do you know how often I put on my Montreal Canadiens jersey? What do you think on average a year? The answer is between zero and one. That one being if, I don't know. A children's hospital asked for it or some shit like that. Most places, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm ashamed of the jersey. I have it on my wall. I have it on my fucking wall in a case. Now, yeah, I'll take it down. Take it out. Put it on because Michael wants me to go to the airport. You want me to, how about this? What if I wear my gear, my lower gear, leave my shoulder pads off? What about that? What if I wear... Everything I have left from my 1995 season and uniform. Is that going to be okay? I mean, it might piss the other people off there. The smell of the hockey gloves and stuff, especially being 25 years old. But, hey, it's Michael. Moving on. Ah, fuck it. While we're at it. Um, so there's another sane person. I know them. I know this person. I get this message, okay, 1.55 a.m. So I got to get up, go to work on Hudson and Rex at 5.30. My phone, again, it's on silent. I don't get it till the morning. But my phone 
at 1.55 a.m. gets this message. I'm at a party and guys are talking about your show. They are talking about you. I need to watch. Are you on all the episodes? Dot, dot, dot. Will I see you? Question mark. Now, that comes from Mark. Mark, you're my buddy. What are you doing? What kind of a question is that? That's a Google search. Jesus, man, come on. You're gonna, it's 2 a.m. my time on a Tuesday? And you're going, I haven't heard from you in years. And you're at a party. And guys are talking about your show. I need to watch. Are you on all the episodes? Are you on all the episodes? Will I see you? Will you see me? Why don't you ask the guys who's fucking standing right next to you at the party? If they're talking about it, didn't they bring up a picture? Do you see the, do you have eyes? Have you gone blind? Now, if you've gone blind, some apologies. I assume you can still, there's some level of sound or braille that you, you know, the, there's an, that you can figure that answer out. I'm assuming if I'm, if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I don't think you are blind. And I think if they were talking about it and, Will you? Well, rarely will I see you. Well, you're not blind because you're implying that you have eyes. So if you have eyes, right? What we know is that you know about the show. You know that you have eyes, and you know that I live in Newfoundland and you live in BC. So when you send me a message, you know that I'm going to get it four and a half hours later than you send it. So when I get it. It's two o'clock in the morning. We know that you know all this, but it's pressing that you need to know. Will you see me if you watch Shores? Are you on all the episodes? Again, I don't even know. That's like me. I'm, I'm yeah, this guy's, you know, I know this guy. So. Yeah, that's like me texting Jim Cuddy of Blue Rodeo or Ron McLean. Ron McLean, how can I can't? Like, and again, Ron's my buddy. You know how much I talk to him once every three months? For this reason, I just don't. Uh, imagine if I said, Ron, where are you going on hometown hockey this week? Who's going to be who's going to be your interview? Are you going to uh, are, are you going to wear a red coat? Are you, I don't know, man. Tune in. Fucking 500 messages a day. And this is what you want to know, Terry. Hey, Jim, do you play on your new album? Hey, Jim, you're in Blue Rodeo. Do you sing any of the songs on the album that just came out? That's what it's like saying. On the album that I have in front of me that I can listen to if I want to, do you sing on it, Jim? Terry, are you in this show that you're on the promo? This show, Shorzy, that you're standing on the cover in the fucking Super Bowl commercial. Will I see you? No, no, Mark. They just decided to put me on there. They just decided, you know what? Fuck it. JJ, Frankie, JJ, Goody, Shorzy, Dolo, they're all on it. We're going to take a random Newfoundland guy, put him in the picture, and then fly him back home again. That's what happened, Mark. Or, or I'm in it, and you just got to press play. You could send me, okay, Send me a message. 
ask me, am I in the show that I'm in? You could go to IMDb. You could simply look at a poster. You know what? You could press play. Now there's that, which isn't as always as easy as it sounds. You have to be situated. You usually have to be sitting down. You have to have a finger. You have to be able to see, to press play. Your brain has to work. I mean, there's a lot of things that could be difficult about pressing play. You know, on second thought, I'm wrong. Pressing play is difficult. The answer should be to send a message across country at 2 o'clock in the morning and ask me, will you see me if you watch the show that I'm in? tough one. Will you see me? Is your TV on? Then you'll see me. Is the power working in your house? Then you'll see me. Again, I, I don't want to sound like a fucking pretentious asshole doing this. But the and guys, I could read you dozens. These are just a few that I've saved. And I, I, I got to start doing it more because you wouldn't. I, I guarantee you there's people out there that don't even believe that these exist. But I'm telling you, they're all too real. Will I see you? Are you on all the episodes? Two in the morning. Jesus Christ. Here's one from somebody I don't know. Uh, the first message he wants to know back like six months ago. How do I get to be a part of the cast on Shorzy, like I have anything to do with that. And I'll say that now because I get that a lot. Not so bold usually, but you can if you want to be background. Sudbury, they have, whenever we're shooting, just go on up and they'll have an open background call. I don't think it'd be too hard. But uh, as far as casting, guys, the actors don't have anything to do with that, right? You know that, I assume. And I think if I was to start suggesting people, I might get fired myself. Because a lot of people can play Hitch, you know? I get it. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Love being Hitch. But the show is Shorzy. It centers around Shorzy. And I'm quite confident you could get many Newfoundlanders to play that role. So I'm not going to start, A, before any of you else, any more of you ask, giving Jared plot lines and shit. He writes the show, not me. And I would never insult him enough. People go, I love Letterkenny. I love Shorzy. Here's a good idea. Well, you know what? If you love those shows, let's leave it that way. Maybe your idea is probably not as good as the creator of the fucking show itself. But anyway, I have nothing to do with casting. So how are you getting on? Um, me and my buddies are in a ball hockey tournament this weekend. My friend scored the game winner. I'd love to give you. I'd love to have you. Give him a shout out. He's usually a great goalie, but plays out and scored a big goal for us. So I'd like you to do one of those cameo things. So I get back to him and I say, okay, so-and-so, can you just go through cameo? It's a lot easier because I have like eight backed up and I just go, I get a place, wherever it might be, A&W breakfast, uh, Something easy, downtown St. John's, support local, whatever it is. I go somewhere every morning. I put out my things I got to write, my podcast. I get my ducks in a row. I do my cameos. I do whatever it might be. And there's a there's an order to it, right? Because you're on a deadline with those. You get, I think, four or five days and try to 
bang them out accordingly. And people want you to do a good job. So, and I'm charging like fucking 80 bucks or something. So um, actually 25% off for the next month. But so I like to do a good job, man. I spend hours on these. Anyway, so I say, sure, go through Cameo. It's easier. And he gets back to me, says, well, I would, but you got to pay through Cameo. I was hoping that you could just send us one. Again, that's an insult, buddy. Like, that's an insult. I don't know you. Well, what I'm saying is that I'm busy. So why would I, you know, like, why would I? <laughs> I, I, I wish. I, I, I'm glad that you're a fan and everything. It's awesome. But, you know, it's an insult. When I'm telling you go through Cameo, I've, you know, it's time and it's money. And it, it might sound trivial and silly to you. It kind of is to me. I can't believe people pay money for this. But if people, and there's people I know, like I got eight to do now and there's people I know I'm going to go and knock them off today or tomorrow and both. Like I said, right. It takes time and energy. Some of these for me take three hours, depending on what you want. That's three hours out of my fucking day, man. You're asking me to just do that in the middle of everything for why you're not my relative. You're not my buddy. I don't get it. How entitled some people feel. And I get, I also get it's a, it's a hard time, but it's a hard time for everybody. And, but you know, like it's, it's time and it's energy and other people pay. So why wouldn't you? Right. Uh, anyway, every time I do this, I, I fucking, I press stop at the end of it all. And I feel like, should I put that out there in the universe? But I think I'm comfortable with these this week. It's also personal. These people send me messages and I feel bad sometimes. I'm like, you know, well, Michael only wanted cards, right, from me. I mean, it should be a compliment. But I don't know. To expect somebody to go to the, to just drive out there. And, and, and you know, I wouldn't take any money. I would never take money for that. But even if he said, you know, I'll throw you 50 bucks or something, I would go do it for fucking free for sure. But at least you showed me that. And no, I would never wear my jersey. And no, I wouldn't go to the airport either. You might have to meet me downtown somewhere. But I'd still consider it. But just this. Uh, anyway. One more. Yikes, actually. My daughter is calling. And I have to pick her up. She's got a soccer camp today. Anyway, I have to do that. So the next question I was going to answer had to do with the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, so I can't obviously go on. My God, another hour goes by, man. I ramble so much, but thanks for listening. Um, the question was to do with the Blackhawks. Anyway, without getting into, I don't know what's going on, man. They seem to put it all together. The late fucking 2000s, they've strung together three cups with Kane, Taves, fucking... Crawford, Keith, Scotty Darling was here. Like, you know, I can go down the list of all the great players that they've had, but it just seemed like they had this positive energy buzz. They were never too far out of it. Even last summer, they went out and they got Seth Jones. I mean, they went seeking. They went seeking to improve their team because they thought they could win the cup. Now they traded Alex to I don't understand it. He, he had 40-odd goals. He's one of the best goal scorers in the league. I, I don't know why you would want to get rid of him. Um. Well, I guess because you you want to tank and get Bedard maybe, but that leaves, what do I think, like Chicago. Um, yeah, I don't know why. They're, they're blowing it up. I think they had good pieces. This guy, Kirby Doc, by the way, Montreal, 
could be another thing that they're thinking. This guy's six fucking four. He went third overall a couple of years ago. My God, I don't know. I wouldn't give up on a guy like that. I really wouldn't. He's going to be de- I mean, he's decent now. I think he's got huge, huge upside and huge potential. Um, so I don't know what Chicago are doing, but I, I like Kirby Doc as a player. Um, I'll, I'll leave you with that. So Habs fans, I think that's a great move. Um, like I said at the beginning, I'd, I'd have taken Shane Wright, but don't consider or don't mistake my confidence in Shane Wright for non-confidence in, the, in Slavkovsky. I mean, he looks great, doesn't he, right? He's got some stats and everything. I just, if two people are, if it's close and it's on the fence, I would take the guy that's been proven a little bit more. And, you know, he, he held that number one rating for all that time, and it's tough to do. Uh, and either way, you know, good luck. I still fucking want the Habs to do good, man. I'm part of the alumni, and I really appreciate that. And looking back, like, it's it's just a great memory for me. I know and not everything worked out there. I always say it, but I get so many messages from Habs fans. Most are positive. Some are confused. Some are, some are confused about my status with the team and everything. Look, they treat me well. When I go up, I get to go to the alumni box, uh, the alumni room, and share stories with some great legends of the game. And uh, the Habs are the people that you hear about with the Montreal Canadiens and all the, the great scorers and legends and Hall of Famers. That's the face of it all. But right down to the people selling popcorn. Like there was so many people in and around the team that I'm friends with that. I still am friends with that. I go back and see that it's not as one dimensional a situation as you think. Right. And again, all that me not going back to camp and being pissed off at Michelle Terry and everything. I was still living in Montreal for three or four years. Right. I kept my spot there for five or six and I go back. I was there two months ago and everything in life is in hockey. Right. Everything in life isn't hockey. Um, everything life isn't sports. It, there's nothing that's everything in life. Life's about relationships and, and you know, the path that you, it's about the journey that you take. Some of the, some of that for me is hockey. It's hockey every day. But there's a lot of levels. There's a, each hockey story has so many layers to that onion. Um, so. When it comes to the Habs and, and my fandom and everything, man, I'm just as much of a fan as I always was. I grew up a Habs fan. Now that I played for the team, it's a little bit different. But I, I consider myself proud alumni. Some people aren't, right? Some people leave teams and they fuck this. And But it's that shit is in a box, right? Whatever happened to me and my, my, my arguments with Michelle Terrian, there really wasn't much else I hated about it. I didn't like that guy. Um, and I thought I should get a shot, but looking back, I was, you know, I was, I was being a little bit, uh, impatient, but as far as Michelle Tyrion, that, that's between a player and a coach fucking in the nineties, man, it was last millennium. That's in a box. It's gone. How does that affect my fandom for the team? Now, if it did, it would mean that part of my brain is still poison and I'm holding on to a grudge that people fucking forget about. I even think if I saw Michelle Terrian now all these years later, I know I would shake his hand. I forgive him. You know, whatever. Fuck. He was a young coach. I was a young player. And uh, although a lot of what he thought was wrong, I'm sure that it was 
you know, seeing me come in and I was always making a statement, whether it was having blue hair or, you know, I was the kind of guy, I remember going to a Metallica concert, I think in Hartford. And I came in, it was like 10.58 and curfew was 11. Not that we always had curfew, but with Terry and he put it on us, put us on us a few times. And I know he thought that I was out partying every night. I wasn't, I wasn't. I would go to the bar a lot. I liked being single and getting a lay of the landscape. You know what I mean? I liked hitting on women. I, I did at that time. I think I was cordial about it. And I've got a lot of female friends to this day that I met during that time that we might've had sex. We might not have. I don't mind being bold about that and, and telling you guys. I was on the Montreal Canadiens. A little bit of money in my pocket, a healthy sex drive. And um, I, uh, that is a little bit too much information maybe, but I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I generally have, you know, sometimes you just look back at a part of your life and yeah, generally I just have great memories about all of that. And, um, but it wasn't just about that, uh, about women or, or, or money or, or, or partying or, or, or just playing or, or any of it. It was just, a, it was a time in my life. I, I was early twenties, you know, had, a, had I broken my leg, you know, early on and then never be able to walk again. If I'd lost my leg, I don't know. I'm just, what I'm saying is that I still would have been in my early twenties and I still would have been navigating my way through life. It's just when you're on the Montreal Canadians or you're playing in a team that's so crazy in the limelight, I guess everybody kind of does that with you to an extent, but they do it with you. The public part, they don't see the other part. That's, you know, a boy growing up. They don't see that. And, and there's, there's all kinds of mountains and molehills and, and peaks and valleys and mistakes that you make and things that you say that are just like, what? You know, and partying you do. And when it comes to, when I say, you know, I, 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 I like, you know, I, I like the pursuit of, of good looking women at that age, but it, you know, and I don't mean puck bunnies. I don't mean every girl is a slut. I don't mean I slept with them all. Some of them I did. I was single. I don't feel bad for that. Um, but you're a young boy. They were young girls. You know, like that's a thing. That's human biology. It's just that when you're playing high, you, you, early on, you get a bit of a head start. So if you got to, I think that's why the whole puck bunny thing girls get a bad rep that, that and, and, the, and the guys, you know, oh, you're a hockey player, you must sleep around. Well, or, or, or why are girls attracted to guys at that age? Well, I don't know, man. You're like 19, 20. You got a lot of money in your pocket, which means not only that you got the money that you can get them a drink, but it means you're, you're probably fairly interesting. A lot of guys have got college under their belt already. And they, I had a few courses, you know, just do it, you, you know, and, and, and you got a lot of money. You, 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 you dress nice because you got the, the means to do it. You might be able to take him to nicer restaurants than your counterpart, right? Who just got out of high school and that's not their fault, but you can do what you're going to. And then inevitably subconsciously something sinks in and you know, that might be attractive to a girl, just like it would be when I was that age, man, hanging around. I lived pretty much on the McGill campus, right? You're meeting people that are, I don't know, like grad students and stuff that attracted me, right? As much as looks, there might be, two girls in a bar and this girl's in med school. I, it's interesting to me. That's not because you're going to make money in five years and might be able to buy me a car, but subconsciously it means that you're professional. And 
you know, being attractive or whatever. So anyway, I'm, I'm really fucking digging a grave here for some people. I can see the messages I'm going to get. But what I was doing is, I guess, answering that age old question, you know, or that, that, that age old assumption that puck bunnies only like hockey players and hockey players are all pigs. But I don't know. I think there's something to be said. If I was a girl and a young 19 or 20 year old came in first year in the in NHL or even in the American League on an NHL contract, just played four years somewhere like, let's say, Tri-City, just lived on their own, went to university, had a billet, learned how to cook for themselves, got a nice car, got goals in mind. Right. Want to come see me work? Here's two seats to a fucking game behind the glass. Don't tell me that's not attractive in a way. And it's not like, oh, I'm fucking everything. It's not boastful. It's not like Kyrie Irving fucking cocky. It's just a part of life. Now, six years later, seven years later, I'm here delivering Red Bull into Walmart. And my buddies who were at the same time, right? My counterparts, I call them in, in, in 19, 20, 21 at the bar, right? And I was the big fucking story. Now they've moved on and they became you know, whatever they were going to be and their life and my life started to be a fucking mess for a while, but that's just the way life goes. I think in, in hockey, it's, it's, it, you get that head start, right? And it, generally because of the leaders in our game that I've talked about, we're, we're generally pretty humble about it generally. Um, but you know, at the end of it, whenever your career is average NHL career is less than five years. Uh, you know, in your pro hockey, you're going to be done by most people in their mid thirties. So that's a window. And when that's done now, good luck getting a job. Some of you do, some of you don't. And that's when we, that's when it becomes a little bit of a battle for a hockey player. But anyway, that head start, I'll never, never um, give in to people thinking that we're, you know, cocky or hockey players and all they want is money and pussy. And no, it's not the case, man. Everybody's different. And you look in a dressing room and there is no way to classify the whole room. There is no way, especially now, especially now barriers are being broken down. There's more races ever involved where we're all the human race, right? One race, but there's more, my, uh, uh, there's uh, what's, what's the word? Um, more inclusion. It's multicultural. These dressing rooms now, right? There's a, Luke Prokop, I think, in the Western League, he's gay, he plays, his players support him, he wears rainbow skates, shit like that. When I was playing, he would have got a cross-check in the face, no doubt. Was that right? No, it wasn't. Um, I'm just saying, we've come a long way. Each dressing room is full of different people from all over the earth, from all different opinions, uh, and that's to be welcomed, right? That is definitely to be welcomed, and I don't think there's a way to classify that one hockey player anymore. And I will continue to defend my compadres that uh, we're all part of a union, the Professional Hockey Players Union Association, the NHL Alumni Association. And uh, although we're brothers in hockey, we're diverse. And that's, uh, I think that's what keeps our sport interesting, keeps it unique and keeps it ticking is uh, is all the diversity and um, and all the uh, interest and all the different op opinions that are 
being taken into consideration these days. Sometimes it takes, speaking of the Chicago Blackhawks, sometimes it takes a nightmare like that to push the needle a little bit. Uh, but in any case, look, we're good people, us hockey players, and uh, my hockey journey is still going through uh, my podcast, my books, uh, shows like Shorzy. Thank you. So, uh, so many great people that I have to thank for that. And it all started with the Montreal Canadiens. So how could the fuck could I ever be mad? Of course, I'm a Habs fan. This has been episode 111. A, uh, if you're downtown, check it out. Why not go to Greensleeves? Why not go to TJ's? Why not go to Rob Roy? Why not check out the Bull and Barrel and Trinity Pub, man? And Trinity, I love the trivia on Mondays. Keep that up, guys. If you're going to get a bite to eat, Merchant Tavern and Blue on Water, of course. Wedgwood Cafe for all your catering needs at the end of Elizabeth Avenue. Stop in for a bite to eat. Great, uh, great place. Great guy. Peter Wedgwood. True hockey. Take what's yours. See y'all in Buffalo in a week and a half. We'll be back in two days with a surprise guest. This has been 111B. Thanks a lot and catch you guys on the rebound. Peace.